0: This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington correspondent. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, I. Major Garrett. This is Major.
3: Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. This is the most ambitious episode of the takeout we have ever attempted. Welcome to a multi-layered conversation about war and peace, comedy, and a warrior's occasional bounce with despair. There is simply no time to waste, so let me introduce our five. Yes, our five marquee guests legendary TV producer Chuck Lorre, comedy writers Maria Ferrari and Dave Getch, as well as former CIA director and head of Central Command, retired Army General David Petraeus, also Ambassador Ryan Crocker, who has been US ambassador to Iraq and Afghanistan, many other postings, but those are the two most important for the purposes of our conversation. So why are all five of these guests here on the takeout? Well, it's not my winning personality or natural convening authority, It is because all are involved with and devoted to a new situation comedy debuting April 1st on CBS television. What's it called? It's called the United States of Al. What is it about? It's about an Afghan translator coming to America to live with a US Marine. He fought alongside against the Taliban. I have seen the first four episodes and I can tell you this, this is a show that will matter. It is the bravest comedy I have seen in about a decade, and I will just leave it at that. To open our conversation, Chuck Lorre, you are known for creating comedies that not only make us laugh, but nudge us or urge us to think. Tell my audience, to your mind, what this show is about.
4: Well, uh, thank you, Major. Thanks for having us here. United States of Al is is at, 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 in its heart is a, is a buddy comedy. It's it's about the love these two men have for each other. The translator, uh, Al or Owalamir, is his his Afghan name, and uh, and and the marine that he fought alongside, um, uh, who who works diligently over several years to get him out of Afghanistan to safety because there's, there's, he's in jeopardy having, you know, helped the American forces. And uh, so getting him to Columbus, Ohio to come live with him and his family is is the, uh, is the genesis of the show, but it is very much about their friendship and, and their devotion to one another. And adding to that is there's a fish out of water story that's implicit in that this character is astonished by the, the style of life that's uh, that's available to him here, and um, and it's also a very important show about something that we need to pay attention to, which is uh, which is the promise that were made to these the promises that were made to these men that uh, that are still left unfulfilled.
3: General Petraeus, I want to ask you about that promise. Uh, I've been around this issue for a long time. I know how it's wended its way through Congress, how it gets stuck in the bureaucracy, and there's this uh, imputation or suggestion that there was never really a hard promise for the United States government, but there was an implied commitment to these translators. Walk my audience through a little bit of that. Well,
5: I think it's really a moral obligation that we have to those who have essentially served alongside and sacrificed and shared risk. Uh, with our men and women in uniform on the ground in Iraq and Afghanistan in particular. Uh, Some of them have been killed uh, in the line of duty. Uh, Others have been killed by the the Taliban or by the extremists in Iraq. Uh, They have literally put their own security in jeopardy and often that of their family members as well. And in recognition of that, uh, previous administrations and Congress got together And decided that there should be a special immigrant visa process that can bring those who are in this threatened state uh, to the United States. And there have been various nonprofit organizations, uh, Ambassador Crocker and I are both part of No One Left Behind, that have sought to facilitate this process. But the fact is that the process is very, very slow. Uh, It has 14 steps to go through the interagency. You could literally Uh, land a rover on Mars uh, within seven months, but this takes something like three and a half years. Uh, And that's when it's working. And there have been periods, of course, where because of the pandemic or because of issues involving uh, immigration, uh, it has literally ground to a halt. So again, there is, I think, uh, this moral obligation that does exist, uh, where we do need to take care of those who have uh, shared risk and hardship alongside our men and women in uniform and in many cases have been part of what is termed the brotherhood of the close fight uh, this is the th- these are the relationships that are most intense uh, between those who have indeed been in really tough places in really tough uh, combat action and what chalk Chuck talks about uh, is uh, very correct, that these two individuals, uh, one American, a former Marine, and another, an Afghan, former battlefield interpreter, uh, have shared, uh, it, they have experienced together. They've been part of the Brotherhood of the Close Fight. They have these very close relationships as a result. Uh, and that's the genesis of both the programs to help these individuals uh, that are in in really serious security jeopardy to come to the United States, and then for a variety of uh, sponsors and groups to help them to facilitate that transition uh, to life in America. And of course, that's what this is all about. But it's also about more than that. It's not just about an Afghan interpreter coming to the United States and you know, his take on everything, which really is wonderfully humorous, and I think strikes very true. Uh, the number of Afghan interpreters that have collaborated with the writers uh, we, we have here today has is, is clearly produced something that, that rings, uh, again, right to me. But this is also about uh, someone who has been on the battlefield in combat and multiple tours, as many of those who served in the post 9-11 period experienced, coming home from that as well. And of course, that is not without challenge either. Uh, because when our men and women co- take off the uniform for the last time, they, they miss three elements, uh, a mission that is larger than self, the community of those who feel privileged to perform such missions, and the sense of identity that comes from that uniform. And that's what Al's sponsor uh, is going through in this particular case. And so you have these wonderful uh, periods of humor but there's also a great deal of seriousness underneath it as well.
3: So ambassador Crocker, briefly I want to ask you about your own personal experience with this issue because in Iraq you had translators who paid the ultimate sacrifice, did they not?
1: They they did indeed major. Um, and thanks for for doing this podcast to uh, illuminate the issue that uh, uh, Dave just described. Uh, I got to Iraq in uh, March 2007 as ambassador, uh, my first couple of weeks there, two of our Iraqi employees were killed in a horrific way. Uh, one was, uh, uh, it was a husband and wife. One was, uh, uh, kidnapped by, uh, a still unknown. Uh, a ransom note was sent to the wife saying, um, X amount of dollars on X place come alone. Um, we tailed her, we had a security detail tailing her, um, uh, but lost her. Uh, she was then grabbed and they were both killed. Uh, so th- that was the genesis of the effort. The only vehicle I had available to, to help our Iraqi allies, those who worked directly for us, civilian and military, was the Special Immigrant Visa Program. It's been out there a long time, but it was never designed the kinds of challenges we we are facing in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, An embassy employee uh, after 20 years of service uh, could get an SIV, Uh, but it was very small scale, but it's all I had. And uh, we went to we went to work on it. And 07, 08, boy, we um, we were getting people out. Um, But the problem is it then sunk into the bureaucratic morass as Dave had decided. Uh, we have got to find a way to get the people, the resources and the mechanisms to process these cases uh, in three months, not three
3: years. Uh, and that is. Ambassador Crocker, uh, that is a good point to end on in our first segment. More in our conversation about the new situation comedy. I guarantee you it's a comedy. It's funny, but it's about deeper issues. United States of Al. I'm Major Garrett back for segment two of The Takeout in just a second.
0: From CBS News, this is the takeout with Major Garrett.
1: Are you gonna cry when you see him?
0: Marines don't cry, Lizzie.
3: They don't, huh?
0: No. Those babies in the Air Force cry when their sunglasses get
5: smudged. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, there he is.
0: Ow! Over here! Ah! Oh.
3: oh my friend. I am so happy to see you. I was worried you were gonna make it. Me too. But You found a way. Hi, Al.
1: Lizzie, it is so good to finally
4: meet you.
3: Thank you for keeping my brother safe. (sighs)
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at this. Today, we are all in the Air Force. (laughs)
3: Welcome back to the best Zoom call we've ever done on The Takeout. I'm Major Garrett. Our special guests are, it's going to take a mouthful, a little bit of time to do this, Retired General David Petraeus, former Ambassador Ryan Crocker, legendary TV producer Chuck Lorre, and the writers of the United States of Al, Maria Ferrari and David Getch. So I want to talk to the writers here real quick. So Maria, starting with you, and both of you have uh, substantial experience writing television comedies, Big Bang Theory would be the show I think most people would recognize your work in. Maria, starting with you, what's the uh, ambition behind this show? What's the challenge of the show? And what do you hope is the payoff for the audience?
2: The ambition behind the show is primarily to create an entertaining show about these characters that we really care about and tell the story of a beautiful and singular friendship Um, The challenges obviously are that we're dealing with um, some very serious real life issues that need to be handled with uh, respect and accuracy and care, Um, particularly the representation of a Pashtun Afghan for maybe the first time in broadcast television history and the representation of a a soldier coming home from from a Marine coming home uh, and adjusting to civilian life. Um, and I hope that the takeaway from the audience is that this is a show that they enjoy and relate to and can't wait to sit down with again next week.
3: And Dave, there is in the history of comedy, the interplay with tragedy. Uh, all the best writers have told us, you laugh when you're close to crying or some of the biggest laughs come when you're a little bit uncomfortable. I think this show lives on that in that space.
6: Yeah, I think so. And that has... Certainly been true for a long time. I have a 17 year old nephew who's seen every episode of MASH twice, just, you know, it it still resonates, still loves it, great characters, um, great stories. And uh, those are the kinds of shows that Chuck makes and lives in, if you think about Kaminsky and Mom, and those are not, like United States of Al, you might not say those are topics that go straight to comedy. Um, but we, fe- we, that's where the good shows are, you know, in, in the thing that feels real and relatable. And even if you don't have a experience that is the same as those characters, um, you know, we want to tell stories that everyone feels like they can connect
3: to. Chuck, back when I, uh, did miserably on SAT tests, there was a word that would be on that test, zeitgeist, the collective, the American psyche. Do you think the country's ready for a comedy like this?
4: I have no idea, Major. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I've, I've, you know, I've, uh, I've made it uh, um, my mission statement to not presume to 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 know the 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 zeitgeist or the the, the macro questions. I, I, I can only tell you how I respond personally. That I know, um, and that that's what I, I've come to trust. And uh, and with the case of the United States of Al, I trust that we have this. Brilliant cast, um, and, uh, uh, and and uh, and Maria and Dave uh, have been uh, remarkable and and uh, relentless in, in uh, keeping it accurate, keep and keeping it keeping the comedy front and center, um, and um, it's got a beating heart, and that's what and that's what makes that's what gets me excited about doing this. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you look at these shows and you, and you go, okay, this was, this is worth our time. This is, this is asking, we're asking the audience to watch, you know, a half hour, truly 22 minutes. Right. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> um, and uh, if we were to, you know, be uh, honest about it, unless you can zap through those things, but, um, uh, if they give us that time, there should be a meaningful you know experience. And, and I think that exists in this show. I really I, uh, I, I love the character. So you know, the idea of zeitgeist and the general view of whether this is workable or not or, or, or the audience is ready for it, I, I couldn't tell you, I, I, I know I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I, I, I'm, I can't be very objective because I, I, I love it very much.
3: General Petraeus, I want to ask you, because you've lived this life, the warrior life, but you've also lived the debate in Congress about what we're doing and why do you think the country is ready for a show that asks it to consider what has been, in some cases, the cumulative effect of warriors who've come back home and look at a mission that is still unfulfilled and possibly still ill-defined. Are we ready for that?
5: I think so, Major. Um, Maybe more important, I think it is time for that. Um, As we were discussing before we started, uh, it's a very tiny fraction of Americans nowadays that serve in uniform and even a smaller number of those who have served in close combat. Uh, and clearly, there are issues. Uh, war does change everyone who participates in that. I, you know, during the time that I was privileged to serve with Ambassador Crocker during the surge in Iraq, in particular, we periodically talked about the sacrifices that those we were privileged to lead uh, were making. But you know, the way it takes a toll on individuals. And so, I think it's important that this conversation that has been going on between veterans, uh, between those who have been downrange should expand to include the the bulk of American society uh, and to to describe the, the issues, again, uh, of those who have been in very intense situations, uh, sometimes traumatic ones, and then come home. And, you know, it's jarring actually to come home after having been deployed for uh, six months or a year or even more. Uh, and it's even more jarring to do it repetitively as so many of those did. Uh, during the height of the war years in Iraq and then in Afghanistan. So I I do think that it it, it is time, and I think that we will find out also that the country is ready.
3: Ambassador Crocker, I want to ask you about it. One element of the show that struck me is there's a joke played around when the Afghan ambassador Al is explaining he was a translator for six years, and then the joke is the Marines were in, eight months in, eight months off, but I was there for the entire six years. That is true. It's also funny, and it's also part of his life story. Did that ring to you as authentic? Uh, It it
1: absolutely did. Uh, Dave mentioned the conversations we would have on these incredible uh, Afghans and Iraqis who were were supporting our effort. Uh, Everybody was unhappy about the 15-month deployments that we needed at the height of the surge. Well, you know, for the interpreters on the battlefield, um, it's not eight on and eight off or 15 months straight through. Uh, It's all the time, each year they're doing it for us. And uh, again, look, this show, um, Chuck Lorre is a genius. He's supported by geniuses uh, like like Maria and Dave. Uh, Humor is a part of our national character. And I think one of our great national strengths uh, Dave, you mentioned uh, uh, the MASH series. Well, go back a little farther, World War II, uh, in a fight literally for our lives. you had uh, Willie and Joe, the uh, Bill Mauldin characters. So it, our ability to, uh, to find humor in the darkest situations has uh, been a source of great strength for us. And I, I think this
3: show weaves all those threads together. So we're going to go to another break. Uh, When we come back from the break, I want to talk to Chuck and Maria and Dave about not only this fish out of water component, which is Al coming to Columbus, Ohio, but how he sees himself and has the show allows himself to be this potentially healing force within an American family that at several levels is struggling with a lot of issues related to combat and other things. More of our conversation in this most ambitious five screen Zoom call on the takeout. I'm Major Garrett. The topic is Afghan interpreters, comedy, United States of Al, Coming up on CBS on April 1st, I'm Major Garrett. Back for segment three of The Takeout in just one second.
0: From CBS News, this is The Takeout. With Major Garrett.
3: Welcome back to this delightfully ambitious episode of the Takeout. Our topic is comedy, a new one coming to CBS, the United States of Val. Just a quick disclaimer for those in the audience, because I'm very transparent about this show. Oh, Major, CBS must have come to you and ordered you to do this. Wrong. I created this entirely myself. CBS had nothing to do with me doing this. I'm doing this because I care about the issue. I'm personally involved with people who have experienced it. General Petraeus is a marquee guest. He'd be on my show anytime, so would Ambassador Crocker. I would put Chuck Lorre on the takeout for 100 episodes in a row if I could. And these two writers, brilliant writers, are talking about something that I think is fascinating, not just a show What's going to be on television, on the network that backs this program, of course, but it's about something very, very important. So Maria and Dave, again, Maria Ferrari, Dave Getch. what are you doing? How are you learning this topic? Because it's not a fall-out-of-bed topic and you don't put together comedy that can land and land with accuracy without doing research. How do you do that?
6: So it's been about research from the very beginning, reaching out to the people who we knew personally that were connected to the story. I'm old friends with Reza Aslan, who's a Muslim scholar. So we started to talk to him about Al and his background. His writing partner had been in Afghanistan, um, in 2000, and told the story about playing chess with Masood right before 9-11. So we learned about that. Then from, from there, we got connected to more interpreters. And from there, we started to, as we got closer to having a writer's room, finding more Afghan and Afghan-American writers who can help us understand Al's point of view, and also veterans. The Writers Guild has this great program to help veterans uh, with their writing projects. and um, we have uh, we have a, a writer on our staff who's gone through that program, who's a Navy veteran, and then um, our assistant is a veteran. Um, and uh, so, We have uh, tried to have as much resources as possible. Overshooting something. So I'm going to tell them to come back. Okay,
3: hold on. I love the the natural sound effects of a knock on the door. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's where the the part of the script would say, enter, knock on door, everyone gets up. So that's good. That's good. Maria, so uh, as I mentioned going to break, uh, Al sees himself as a potential healing force. Uh, He's surprised to find out, for example, Riley and his wife that he heard so much about when Riley was in field and in battle, are getting a divorce. Also, he becomes aware that Riley's sister was engaged to a man who was a helicopter pilot in the battle who died, and she's struggling with those issues. Um, Those are real-life components that have a dramatic core to them, but you build many, many great comedic moments around that.
2: Explain how that works. Well, one of the core ideas behind this pilot has been playing with the idea of uh, Al being a fixer and playing with the the word fixer and all the sort of implications that that can have. Um, And also Al being an interpreter and somebody who is able to interpret, say, between Riley and his uh, wife, with whom he's been separated or between members of a family uh, who may be having difficulty understanding each other. Um, you know, we, we are playing Al as a natural polyglot and I think that's kind of as close to a superpower as an actual human being can have. Um, so that's, it's given us a lot of interesting things that that character can do. And he is naturally driven to connect people and to be a he's a peacemaker essentially.
3: And, and Chuck, it seems to me that's one of the levels at which this show works. Because most of us in our lives either try to find someone or have found someone who is a fixer for us. When I go overseas traveling with the president of the United States, there's always somebody in country that helps us who knows the lay of the land, who is our fixer. We need fixers in our own life, and now comes into this family, and that's part of his role. That's part of his humanity. And that's also where a lot of this comedy lives.
4: I, I absolutely agree. The uh, the character comes from uh, comes from a, a place of compassion and uh, and love. He's very very family oriented. Uh, Al it, 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 his devotion to family as the priority in his life. Um, you know we 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 making making an effort to show that he's, you know, he's very much connected to his family back in Afghanistan. And, and part of the series is going to be trying to get them out as well, uh, because they're in jeopardy as well. Um, and uh, I guess in many ways, uh, what, what I love about the character and I love about the series is, is, is Awalamir, Al evokes the very best of what it is to be an American. Devotion of family, hard work, relentlessly hard work, um, uh, discipline, uh, and, a, and, a, and a ridiculous sense of humor—a uh, uh, irreverent sense of humor that uh, you know is uh, is uh, is, uh, is, uh, is is kind of the. Uh, like, like music can carry a message, comedy can carry a message as well, and, and perhaps make it a little easier to digest.
3: And Ambassador Crocker, uh, there, are, there is a moment uh, early on, and I believe it's the second episode, where Al wants to help, if he can, mediate between Riley and his estranged wife. And he actually brings out a rug and brings tea and sits between them. And the jokes play off. Well, I used to do this when I sat between warlords. Then they fight very intensely. And he said, wow, I felt more comfortable when I was with warlords. And I'm actually right here in the middle. All of that uh, plays at a very good and rich humorous level. But as I imagine from your experience, you've seen that. Well, absolutely. And the analogy you just made or Dave
1: made on uh, the fixer is, uh, it's something in the Foreign Service that we've relied on a long time, that the person who not only knows the language, but knows the society because she or he is, is, is from it. So that particular ep- the whole thing, everything we've seen so far of this show rings absolutely true. There, there, there may be false notes out there, but I haven't heard them. So just as you described, Major, you've got this wonderful moment uh, when Al is between the two and reminiscing about warlords. He's Sat between as well. That is absolutely the case. And it underscores the national security element of this. Dave said rightly this is a moral obligation. Uh, it is. But it is also a national security imperative because we can't successfully prosecute fights uh, overseas in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever comes next unless we have a lot of loyal owls out there with us uh, to interpret not just the, the words but the whole culture and society. Uh, If
3: we don't have those, we are in deep trouble. And General Petraeus, we've got about two minutes before I need to take a break. Based on what Ambassador Crocker just said, if you were gonna try briefly to explain to those in America who are not quite familiar with the centrality of these interpreters in the field day in and day out, what would you tell them? I'd tell them that we relied on
5: them enormously. The first year in Iraq, uh, we ended up in Mosul, in northern Iraq. We weren't even supposed to go up there, didn't even have maps for there until the night before we conducted a big air assault. I got on the ground. We recruited a young university student, and he became my window into Mosul. He explained the culture, the religion, the different tribal groups, the districts, the how the country was supposed to run, the province, how they province really ran, um, who everyone was before I would meet them. Uh, again, he was of v- just invaluable uh, during that period of time as we were trying to get an understanding of a country that we'd just invaded and for which we were now responsible. Uh, I can't overstate how helpful that was to me and the same for each of our commanders all the way down the line.
3: And I want to let the audience in on uh, a joke that I remember from uh, an early episode of uh going back to the conversation where Al sits on a rug between the Marine Riley and his estranged wife. And before that happens, Riley warns him and says, you don't know what you're stepping into, to which Al says, America never worries about what it's stepping into. Why should I? There's great humor there, but to general Petraeus's point a moment ago that the country's ready for that. Well, that's kind of a, Hey America, what are you doing out there? joke, which is part of the bravery of this comedy. What's the comedy called, United States of Al? This is The Takeout. We're gonna take a quick break, come back for segment four. Our guests are Chuck Lorre, former Ambassador Ryan Crocker, former General David Petraeus, and the writers Maria Ferrari and David Getch. I'm Major Garrett, back in a second.
0: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. This is The Takeout
3: with Major Garrett. Welcome back. I'm Major Garrett. This is The Takeout. Our conversation is about the United States of Al. That's a sitcom on CBS, but it's about, as you've already listened to and appreciated, a lot of other issues. So, uh, Chuck Lorre, you've created a lot of tremendous comedies in America, and they've landed in a place where... The country said, wow, that's something I hadn't thought about or hadn't thought was comedic before. Big Bang Theory is a classic example of that. Two and a Half Men would be a classic example that. Dharma and Greg Sybil might also fall into that category. Is there something, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, that you're trying to achieve with this show that you think is as ambitious or more ambitious than previous projects?
4: Okay, that's a, let me unpack that question a bit. Um, um, I, I, I guess I, I don't really, uh, I, I try not to... Uh, to uh, interconnect or or put these together, each show has its own identity, has its own voice, um, and and part of the 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 fun and joy of working in television is finding what what is the voice of this show and why is it just this show why why what's the tone of this show and why is it specific to this show and and is the comedy generic could it be done somewhere else or is it just for these characters and 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 that's uh, Something that I've always worked really hard for, you know. Um, a show like Mom, which is about women in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction, uh, is it was a real uh, uh, was a real learning process for me because we were touching on subjects that normally in, in, a, in, a, in a TV comedy writing room they were, you know, radioactive. You just wouldn't touch them, um, and and we learned that with. If you take your time and 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 treat the subject matter with respect, you can you can you can infuse comedy into these darkest places, and um, and and there is a great deal of of of, of 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 jeopardy in in trying to in trying to do that. Especially, you know, with one thing we would not want to do is be glib or disrespectful about what these. These, these characters or who they re- represent in real life, what they're going through.
3: And one of the things um, I, I would say that you achieved in the episodes I've seen, and I'll talk to, I want to talk to Ambassador Crocker about this and General Petraeus. So there are two things that's jumped out to me. One, there's an early joke about the first time Riley, the Marine, gives a weapon to Al, there are no bullets in it. And there's a comedy bit built around that it has actually two parts, but that, be, that speaks to a fundamental truth about obtaining and earning trust. There's also later in the episodes I saw a plot line about a guy back home always available to Riley's wife, which I've been told is an issue for soldiers and Marines deploy The guy who's always back there that's hovering around. And that becomes not only a place of comedy, but a place of tension. Do those ring true to you, General, General Petraeus? Yeah, sure they do.
5: Um, you know, the giving the weapon to an interpreter uh, is a very, very big deal because one of the most pernicious threats that we've experienced in Afghanistan and Iraq is the so-called insider attack. It's someone who gains your confidence either by being a host nation security force partner, or again, an interpreter, someone else who is dealing with you uh, on a personal basis, and then all of a sudden turns out to have malicious intent. So it's both a serious issue. And yet again, as on a battlefield, um, people often make light of very serious issues. I think it's part of the way that you deal with difficult issues is to to employ humor. I mean, it may be gallows humor. Occasionally, Ambassador Crocker and I, in the middle of a video conference with the President of the United States, which we did every week, I might add, for an hour, every Monday morning in Washington time, 730, occasionally we'd put the microphone on mute and in a really serious moment and have some kind of, again, sort of gallows humor comment to each other just to lighten the situation up. And that is the case in this as well. The same about, you know, what's going on on the home front. Uh, Again, a very, very serious issue, but something, you know, in addressing it, how do you deal with that? Well, again, you can usually find some kind of uh, comedic way uh, of addressing it. And I think that's part of the attraction, maybe the genius of this particular series uh, is that it
3: does- Ambassador Crocker, if I could, um, do you think when- the audience that you know and the communities that you have worked with see those kinds of authentic tough but also comedic moments they'll say i recognize that that rings true to me
1: major that's a critical point and i i i really do think they will uh, uh, again a lot of motivations and uh, a whole lot of talent have gone into producing this series and it works at so many different levels and one of the most important i think is the one you just described that uh, individuals who have not served in the military, let alone not in a war in Iraq or Afghanistan, I think through this series are going to get an appreciation of uh, what that what those wars are like um, uh, the strains they put on certainly the Americans who go abroad to fight them, but also the absolutely vital allies we have in country like uh, like Al so Uh, I I know it sounds oxymoronic, uh, a TV comedy series meant to uh, educate as well as entertain, uh, but that's what I think we have here on a very important strategic
3: level. So Maria, I want to ask you, and uh, if this bleeds over into the next segment, fine, and I'll get to you on it, Dave, as well. People love and are fascinated. I am, and I know my audience is, with the creative process. And I'd just like you to help us understand what the writer's room sounds like when you're saying... Well, yeah, let's make some jokes about the Marine who's deployed and the guy who hangs around his wife, and that might be the cause of their divorce. (laughs) All right,
2: who's first? Well, I mean, we never use the phrase, let's make some jokes about. We always say, what would he say? We always are talking about how are they feeling and what would they say. And people are sharing their own lived and imagined experiences. And Dave and I have tried very, very hard to make a room where people feel free to object to things and to um, to try stuff and fail that, you know, we have out of nine staff, nine writers, we have five that have never written in a sitcom room before. And so, you know, it's been on us to set a culture where people can be heard. And I hope we've done that.
6: But I will say that one of them is Habib Zahori, who has both interviewed the general and the ambassador uh, around 2010 and 2011. So they have uh, the right perspective and experience to help us tell the stories that we want to tell. And it's crucial to not just have one one person giving his or her point of view. It's, It's let's have a conversation about it. What are all the different ways we could approach this and get at it?
2: Yeah, when we have the writers disagreeing on what is appropriate or not appropriate, that's when I know that we are um, approaching the right level of nuance for something and that we are thinking it through.
3: Excellent. That's the voice of Maria Ferrari and Dave Getch. Uh, and just for those who are watching on CBSN, when you see them turn their heads, they're looking at each other because they're in the same room, kids. That's the Zoom miracle of modern pandemic technology. I'm Major Garrett. For our radio audience, it's time to say goodbye. But for those of us on CBSN, on all the fabulous podcast platforms, please stay tuned to the Takeout Outtake Especial.
0: CBS News. This is The Takeout
3: with Major Garrett. Welcome back to The Takeout, our last segment, about six minutes, and our special guests the best lineup we have ever had in the history of this show, starting with Chuck Lorre, legendary TV producer, comedy producer primarily, Ambassador Ryan Crocker, former General David Petraeus, and the writers of United States of Al Maria Ferrari and David Getch. All right. On the show for more than four years in this segment, I ask three questions of every guest. Usually I just have one guest. Now I have this proliferation of riches, five guests. So I will ask the three questions to each of you in order. They're the same questions. So the last one can be well prepared. General Petraeus, I'm going to start with you and put you on the spot. Most influential book in your life, favorite movie, favorite kind of music. Uh, the most
5: influential book was Grant Takes Command, which I was reading during the early months of the surge, and it resonated a great deal. Um, I enjoy a mix of uh, of country and, believe it or not, Irish music. Uh, and the best movie I'd have to think on for a bit, actually. I, I'll i come back to you on that one then.
6: Dave, you're up. Um, I, I would say um, the best book... Um, Uh, I really love A Prayer for Own Meaning by John Irving. Um, I uh, still have an incredible fondness for the original Ghostbusters. And um, any of the early Van Morrison albums are good with me.
3: Excellent answers all the way across the board. Maria.
2: Um, I'd say the most influential book on me was Les Miserables, which I read when I was 10. Um, My favorite movie is Princess Mononoke, which is a Miyazaki movie. And for music, I like groups of guys with guitars and big (laughs) feelings. Chuck
3: Lorre, most influential book, favorite movie, favorite kind of music.
4: Can I say the entire Philip Roth library? Yes, you can. Um, Okay, Uh, those are just startling to me. I've
3: been a huge fan of Plot uh, Against America.
4: Oh, yes. Yeah, the later books were as extraordinary as the early ones. Um, um, Movie Godfather 2. Um, I can sing along with that when it's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, the third question, uh, music, favorite yeah. music. Well, this it is it's revolver, rubber soul, Sergeant Pepper, uh, the white album. Um, and you know, and I, I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: another,
4: another SAT <laughs> word for me, the Beatles. Oeuvre. Oeuvre. Yes. I was going to use that word, but I was sure I was going to mangle it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough part to throw in. Yeah, Ambassador Crocker.
1: For the book, uh, it's Thinking in Time by Neustadt and May, subtitled Uses of History for Decision Makers. Uh, it's, it's been my guide. Uh, for a movie, I've got a new favorite. It's uh, 1917. I, I thought both the cinematography and the story were terrific. Music, it's hard rock. Um, Guns and Roses, Puddle of Mud, all the way back to Nirvana. Lincoln
3: Park. Uh, can you go back a little farther to Led Zeppelin?
1: <laughs> Wasn't that around the time of Beethoven?
3: <laughs> Look, if I can remember it, Ambassador, you can remember it. <laughs> all right, General Petraeus, I'm back to you for the movie. Saving Private Ryan. Uh, not surprising, not surprising. It's been a great pleasure and honor to talk to all five of you. Again, the topic is a big one. America, its experience in Afghanistan and Iraq, it is being... Shown to us in a new way, in a comedic way, by a new comedy on CBS, United States of Al. Chuck Lorre is the producer and creator behind it. Maria Ferrari and David Getch are the writers and people who are helping them understand the underlying truisms of many of the story and plot lines. Former Ambassador Ryan Crocker, former General David Petraeus. It's been my honor and pleasure to talk to all five of you. Thanks for hanging out to Takeout. We'll see you all next week, folks. Thank you, Major.
0: It was
3: great. Thank you, Major.
0: Thank you, Major.